Well, I thank God for our veterans. I know yesterday was 4th of July, but we're continuing on in the weekend. I just thank God for all they do for the veterans that are here today and those that are yeah, watching from home. I thank God for what you've done for our country. Those that are out in the field today, even from this church, I thank God for what you're doing. Uh, last night, I'm sure most of you celebrated your freedom because of what they've done. And I pray today that we continue to celebrate our freedom for what God has done, for what Jesus has done for us, for God sending them to us. Uh, today, we're going to be reading out of the book of Titus. So if you would, if you have your Bible and you're able to stand, if you would, stand for the reading of the Word of God. We're going to be reading from Titus 1, 1 through 9. Amen. It says, Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness and hope of eternal life with God who cannot lie, promised before time began, but he but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. To Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city and I command you. If a, man is, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife having faithful children not accused of dissipation and insubordination, for an elder must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, and self-controlled, holding fast to the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. You may be seated. So this month, this month uh, we're doing a series on a word with your elders. The month of July you'll have an elder come up each week and preach the word and we will be talking about, the. it's entitled Word with the Elders, but we'll be talking out of Titus about different uh, expectations of elders, different responsibilities of elders, and the purpose basically of having elders in a church. So we'll start off in Titus 1, 1 through 9. Titus 1, it says, Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and acknowledgement of the truth which accords, uh, which accords with godliness. So it starts off right, right off the bat immediately explains who Paul is if no one knows. If you don't already know, we do. Paul is a bondservant. And here in this particular scripture, it says a bondservant of God. Usually he says Jesus, but he also says of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect. Paul was a bondservant to God. He was a servant to God. That was his job. That's what he did. That's what he was dedicated to. That's what he was called to do by Jesus Christ himself. Paul, some, some of the uh, scriptures actually refer to Paul's position as a bondservant, as a slave to Christ, as a slave to God. And I think in our mind, we have a mindset that slavery is, you know, what we see is such a terrible thing, the way people were treated in the past as far as slaves but when you're a slave to God, that means you're no longer a slave to sin. That means if you're a slave to him, then you're free from sin. You have freedom in Christ Jesus. And that's what this is all about. 
So in this story, we're, story of Titus in the book of Titus, Paul comes to Titus and he says, I have a job for you to do. I want you to go to Crete and I want you to set things in order. I want you to go there and, and uh, speak with them and, and just basically be an elder uh, in that church. Represent me as an elder in that church. Uh, verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which is committed to me according to the commandment of our Lord and Savior. So Paul explains here that he has been commanded by God through Jesus to preach the word, to, to administer the word, to disciple people so that they may do the same. 2,000 years later, we're still learning from what Paul and what he had taught Titus and so on and so on. So it, it is a, a duty for Paul not only to be a bondservant, not only to be a slave, but to also teach others what he's learned and what he's done and what he's been blessed with. Uh, verse 4 says, To Titus, a true son in our common faith, says grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, and Savior. So in this, in this particular story, Paul calls Titus a true son in common faith. Now, for those of you that don't know exactly who Titus is or what his background is, Titus is a Greek. Titus was a Gentile. He was unsaved. He did not know Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Titus met Paul when Paul explained to Titus who Jesus was. When Paul described to him the blessings and the goodness and the love that he has for us, the mercy and forgiveness that he has for our sins, when Titus understood who Jesus was, he dedicated his life to Jesus. Not only did he get saved and accept Jesus as Lord and Savior and guarantee his place in heaven, but he dedicated his life to following Jesus Christ, to following Paul and standing beside Paul wherever he may have to go or wherever he may be sent on his own. Titus dedicated his life to following Christ. He says here, uh, verse 5, he said, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. So I, I know that a lot of us growing up, we went to churches and, and they didn't have elders. And I know for some, for some people, they may not know why we have elders. What is the, what is the purpose? Is it biblical that we have elders? And uh, absolutely, absolutely. As we see here, Paul actually commands Titus as one of his elders to go into, he said to go and set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders. Paul wanted to make sure, just like God wants to make sure that everything is handled that needs to be handled in the church. If there's any need, if there's any, any, anything that, that needs to be taken care of, he wants to make sure that happens. So Paul appointed elders, and we see here that, that, uh, that it is biblical and that Titus stepped up, took his position. But I, one thing I love about this story is when you look at Titus, Titus, Titus holds a special place in my heart because I was like Titus. I was lost at one time, which I'm sure most of you were, all of you were. At one time I was lost, didn't know Jesus Christ. When I was seven years old, I came to know Christ when I was seven years old. And uh, I told this story earlier today and I'll tell it again. Uh, Pete Brooks, the first time Pete Brooks and I had a conversation, we were on a, on a field trip and uh, 
we stopped at a barbecue place, sitting there eating some, eating some good food and having a conversation. And, and I'd seen Pete, but I never sat down and had a conversation with him up until this point. We were sitting there talking, and he was telling me how he, he drove bus for years and how he drives a bus you know, for the church, and he was driving that day. And so he drives a bus for the church and everything. And uh, just very encouraging, you know, very, very, just a guy you can just bond with immediately, a guy you just feel comfortable with right off the bat. But I remember I was, I told Pete, I said, you know, I said, I, I respect your position in the church as, you know, as driving the bus and, uh, and doing that. I said, that means so much to me. That, that position holds such a high place for me because it was because of a, a driver, because of a, a bus driver or a van driver in a church that I'm here today. When I was seven years old, I lived in Miami. I lived in a really rough place in Miami in the ghettos. And uh, seven years old, that's where I was born. Up to seven years old, I lived in Miami, moved to Alabama when I was eight. But while I was in Miami and while I was in one of the roughest places there, I'd seen a lot more for a seven-year-old than uh, some grown men will ever see in their lives. It was a rough place to live. But in the midst of everything, in the midst of this storm, in the midst of the, the, the chaos in my life, a church man from the local Baptist church pulled up in our, well, we call them apartments, you know, pulled up into our apartment complex. And they came to my door and they knocked on the door and they asked my parents, would they like to come to church? And they're like, no, no, we're good. You know, we're, we, don't, we don't go to church, you know. Uh, so they asked them, said, well, what about the children? Are they, you know, are they involved in the church? Do they go to the church regularly? And they said, no, no, they're not right now at this time. We don't go anywhere. They said, well, how about if we come and pick up the children each week and take them to church for a couple hours and then bring them back home? Well, of course, my parents were like, wait a minute, you're talking about you're going to come get these kids, pick them up for two hours, <laughs> feed them, and teach them good stuff, and bring them back home. Yeah, help yourself. Knock yourself out, right? <laughs> so, so they did. They come to our house every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Sunday evening, they would come to our house, and they would pick me and my sister up, and they would take us to church. And at seven years old, some people say, well, a child that young doesn't know the difference between right or wrong or doesn't know, understand the meaning of Christ and salvation. I did. I did, y'all. I'm telling you, I knew that my life was, I was not living the way I should even at seven years old. And I knew that at seven years old, with the environment that I grew up in, I knew that I couldn't. I couldn't do it on my own. I was, I, I was at least knew that much at seven years that I can't do this. I can't live the way that this word says we should live on my own, that I needed Jesus Christ. So I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at seven years old, and I was baptized. And when I told my mother, I told my mother, I said, at, at seven years old, I told my mother, I said, I'm going to be a preacher when I grow up. I'm going to be a preacher. She said, oh, that's wonderful. That's great, son. You know, that's lovely. She's probably thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> this boy don't have a clue. <laughs> but I said, I'm, I'm going to be a preacher. And little did I know, I felt in my heart that that's, that's what I wanted to do. I felt in my heart that's what God wanted uh, for me. But little did I know how my life was going to go from there and how it would end up today. Uh, when I, I told my parents I was going to be a preacher, we moved to Alabama. I got involved in the church and, and worked hand-in-hand hand with a pastor until I was 13 years old. When I was 13 years old, I turned my back on God. I walked away from God. I just literally went on my own, you know kind of like the prodigal son deal. You know, I just, I took it what I had and I left. And I ran from God for 20 years, 20 years. Now as an adult and having children of my own, if you would have told me that, hey, you know, God still has a plan for you. He still has a place for you in the kingdom of heaven. I'm saying, not me, not me. I'm, I'm not the guy he wants. I've, I've gone too far. I've done too much. And, and I really don't, I'm really not interested. 
is what I would have told you. But I want to tell you something. When you have a call on your life from God himself, from the beginning of time, he has ordained a place for you in the kingdom of heaven. When you have a call on your life from God, you can run as far as you want. But that call will never change. And you'll never have peace until you accept that call. And when I was 33 years old, I, everything I cared for, everything I thought I was doing was good, was gone. It was terrible. It had fallen apart. It just shattered in front of me. My life was shattered. And I, I knew, I knew from being a child that Jesus was the only way. He was the only hope, the only peace. So I came back, went to the altar, gave, rededicated my life to Christ at 32, uh, 33 years old. And I'm telling you something, when I came back, God immediately started putting on my heart, the calling that I gave you as a child still stands. I want you to preach. I want you to be a minister. I want you uh, to, to go forward in the kingdom and do your part. So when I took my rightful place in the kingdom of heaven, it changed my life, y'all. It blew me away. If you would have told me as a young man that I would be standing here today as an elder of this church, I would have, there was no way I would be able to picture or imagine that. First thing I would have told you is I'm not the guy you're looking for. I'm not worthy. But y'all, none of us are worthy to take our place in the kingdom of heaven. None of us are worthy, but each and every one of us are appointed. So I want to challenge you today as we go on in, into this story of the roles of an elder. I want to challenge you to find your place in the kingdom of heaven. Take your place in the kingdom of heaven. And man, enjoy your place in the kingdom of heaven. God will blow your mind. I mean, being here, being an elder with Cody as a pastor and, and the brother elders that I have, it just amazes me. I, I, sometimes I, I don't even feel comfortable, not comfortable, I don't even feel worthy to sit in the same room with them because the devil will remind me of my past. But then God will remind me of my future, of my presence, of his calling from the beginning in my life. So I thank God for what he's done in my life and I challenge you to let him fulfill the joy in your life and the peace in your life. Take your rightful place in the kingdom of heaven. Being, we're going to talk here about the roles and responsibilities of an elder, but I just wanted to share that with you. I just, I just want to share something a little personal to me, but I just wanted you to, to see because our testimonies are powerful, and I want you to see that God, God will move in your life, and he has a place for you. Don't ever think that you're not worthy, and don't ever think that, that, uh, that you can't do it. And, of course, you know, as growing up, when I rededicated my life to Christ, I immediately went back to work in, uh, in the ministry. And, of course, my mindset at that time, going through Bible college and things like that, I thought the only, when you're called to preach, then you have to run a church. That's what preachers do. They run churches, you know. But there's a difference. There's a difference that I've learned over the years. There's pastors, there's preachers, there's teachers, there's leaders, elders. There's so many positions in the kingdom of heaven, and each one is equally important. We have to find ours. And I thank God that I finally found mine. And I tell my wife all the time, I said, I'm at peace because I know I am doing what God's called me to do. Not perfect, not that I don't make mistakes, but I'm doing what I'm called to do. So I challenge you today to, to find that place. So reading, going on in the word of Titus, uh, verse 5, he says, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set, set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I've commanded you. So I want to give you, some, give you an example of some of the duties of an elder. Here's five, five examples of some of the duties of an elder. Uh, an elder is called to be a peacemaker. He's called to uh, uh, settle disputes in the church. 
Um, this is basically what Paul was sending uh, Titus to do in Crete is to settle some disputes. So they're, they're called to be peacemakers. Called, they're called to, to unite people, to bring them together. You know, if, if you have an issue, come to one of, the, one of the elders. Share it with them so that we continue to grow. We can continue to love on each other and continue to be a family. Uh, they're called to be disciples. They're called to take what they have learned and what they have been taught and teach it and to guide and to minister uh, to the church family. So if you have a need or if you, if, if you have a desire or if you just want to grow more in the gospel, please call us anytime, 24 hours a day. I promise you, we'll be there for you. And I, I can't say that about all the friends that I have in the world, even family members, but I can say that about this church, that we will be there for you. 24 hours a day and we will minister to you in any way we can. Uh, three prayer warriors. An elder has to be a prayer warrior. He has to pray for those that are hurting, sick, or in need. Uh, anytime you're in need or hurting, please call us. Fill out a, a, a connection card because sometimes we may not know. We may not know there's a situation going on in your life and we would love to pray, for you, pray with you for that. Uh, trustworthy. An elder must be trustworthy. Must be somebody that can be trusted in confidence with your spiritual walk. That's very important to us. Uh, and then five doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word, not serving just openly and helping physically, but studying, praying, and fasting, and, uh, and, and hearing from God, and of course, being, uh, being taught by our mentors as well. So that's basically the duties of an elder. Uh, in, in, a, in short, there's a lot that goes on, but that's basically what they're here for. That's why they're in position here to stand besides Cody. And, uh, and just help minister, to help reach people so we can reach people more on a personal basis than just on Sunday mornings. We want to be a part of your lives. We want you to be a part of ours more than just on Sundays. Uh, verse 6 starts talking about the responsibilities or the, uh, the, um, the requirements of an elder. The requirements of an elder on, in verse 6 says, uh, if a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, accused of disobedience, dis dissipation and insubordination so basically he's saying a man is blameless and we'll go a little bit more into that and seven he talks about it again but a man should be blameless to be an elder he should be blameless he should be someone that can't be accused of of not living not walking the walk you know somebody an elder can't be someone that talks a talk and doesn't walk the walk in other words if an elder is, is going to apply for this position he has to have his life in order not perfect not that he doesn't make mistakes but he has to be sold out to Christ. He has to be truly a bondservant, a slave to God, willing to do whatever it takes. Jesus laid his life down for us, not only in his death and resurrection, but he also laid his life down in the ministry when he stepped out of the kingdom of heaven and gave up everything and came down here to save us and then took his rightful place in the kingdom of heaven. So he's to be blameless, husband of one wife, a one-woman man, faithful, faithful, period. No, if, if you're not faithful in that area, you're not going to be faithful in other areas. Uh, having faithful children, uh, not accused of being wild and rebellious. Well, that's a tough one right there now. That's a tough one. You know, sometimes it's hard to control and do with your children. Uh, you know, get them to do what you say. But you have to discipline your children. In today's age, I know there's a lot of confusion on that, how we do that, should we do that. But you have to discipline your children. Your children need a parent more than they need a friend. So we have to be that. To be an elder, you have to be able to lead your family, to have discipline and, and to have strength in your family and have respect from your family. 
Because if you can't lead your family, you can't lead a church, right? So that's one of the, that's one of the require, requirements there. Uh, for an elder must be blameless, as he said again. He used that twice now. He used that twice. So you must be of good reputation. You can't just, you can't just come up here and try to be somebody and then, and then not live in the Word because you will. You will be exposed. You will be called out. Not perfect. Just committed. Uh, must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, or uh, I think ESV says uh, excessive drinking, not violent, and not greedy for money. So these are the things that an elder, these are the requirements to even become an elder, to even apply and, and to be considered as an elder. These are the requirements not only that you should that you have to do to enter in, but that you should be living from now on in your life. This is, this is what people expect from you. And people will expect this from you. And when you're in ministry, and those of you who are in the ministry know this, you're under a microscope. Not only is the world watching you, but the church is watching you. And as they should, as they should. And they should remind you and they should come to your pastor if there's a problem. It says in, chapter, in verse eight, it says, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled. Nine says, holding fast to the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. These are the requirements and these are the expectations and the duties of an elder. But as I said earlier in the earlier service this morning, I believe that these duties should be a goal for a Christian. For everyone, not just an elder, not just a pastor. I believe these should be goals for each and every one of us as a Christian to shoot for, to move forward to. I believe it's something that we should all have on our hearts and minds to, to be a bondservant to Jesus Christ and show how thankful we are in our lives for what he's done for us. So again, I just want to, I just want to emphasize on the fact that each and every one of us have a calling in our life. If today you don't know what that calling is in your life, come see us. We'll have elders and Cody will be at the, at the back there. You don't have to come down front. You, you catch them on the way out. Come see us. Talk with us. We'll, we'll sit with you. We'll sit with you later and, and talk for hours if you'd like. Whatever we can do to help you. But if you have a calling in your life and you know it, let us help you get there. Let us, let us help you. Let's walk with you into that. If you don't know what your calling is from God or if you don't think you have a calling from God, you do. You do have a place in the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And if you don't know what that is, talk to us. Let us help you because we've been there. It's not that we know everything. It's that we've been there. We've walked through it. and We've, we've had to find it for ourselves. So we can help you to find it for yourself. So if there's anything at all that the elders and that the pastor of this church can do for you, please, all you have to do is ask. Please don't, please don't miss that opportunity because we do love you and we will do anything we can to help you grow in the kingdom of God here on, here on earth and, uh, and on your way to heaven. So that's pretty much the message today. Uh, it was short and sweet. My wife said, make it short and sweet today. I said, I already said in the first service, it's short and sweet and you're welcome. <laughs> so, so, uh, so that's it. So just take that with you as you go this week and, and share it with somebody and love on somebody. But as, again, as I say, if there's anything at all we can do for you for here, do for you here at Iron City, all you have to do is just come to us, 
send in a, a text or whatever or just call us and we would love to be there for you so if you would let's go let's go to the lord in prayer hi i'm cody hill i'm the lead pastor here at iron city thank you so much for connecting with us online i hope in the days ahead that we'll have an opportunity to connect with you in person on our website, ironcity.org, you'll see a number of different opportunities that you have to connect with our church and opportunities that we're seeking to engage our community and minister to our church family. You'll find that we're not a perfect church, but we are a passionate church. We take following Jesus very seriously, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. So I hope you'll come this Sunday and worship with us and let us get to know you a little bit better.